Welcome to the 
Uh, Odysseus has Athena and Jason has Hera, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and so the idea is that Jason, who is the rightful uh, ruler of this region, um, in order to be able to gain his throne, wants to go find the Golden Fleece, this mythical No, he, he doesn't want to. Uh, or he has, or he has to. Okay. Has to. Or in this, at least in this setup, he is in order, he feels in order to be able to have the ability to get his people to follow him and believe in him, he must find something like the Golden Fleece. Yeah, but that's not the uh, original story. Right, right. But in the film, he does. In the film, that's the setup. Yeah, I mean, the film takes some liberties like that. Right, right. Um, the basic myth is that um, uh, Jason was the son of uh, you know the, this king of this kingdom, and um, the uh, kingdom was usurped by uh, a, a bad guy called Peleus, and Peleus uh, uh, started killing. Well, he killed um, Jason's father and, and uh, Jason's uh, brothers. <clears throat> and they would have gotten to Jason, but the parents in time sent Jason to be protected and raised by the, the, the good centaur, Chiron. Um, and, he, and he raised him until manhood. And then Peleus learns from an oracle uh, to fear a man with one sandal, which will come to him. And that's in the film. We do see that part of the film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jason loses a sandal because he takes uh, a needy woman safely across a river. And that river, ha uh, and, and the woman happens to be a disguised Hera. And so she's his uh, patron goddess, as you mentioned. And... Um, so when he goes to the court, you know, the kingdom, which is Peleus has seized, uh, he, you know, he demands that he be, uh, you know, step down and, and let Jason be the, the rightful king, you know. And then Peleus makes him an offer. He says, if you go uh, obtain the golden fleece for me, uh, I will willingly step down for you. So uh, Jason agrees to do it. And uh, <clears throat> so Jason has to go way to the east. Uh, and it's at the far end of the uh, Black Sea. Okay. And um, he goes to this kingdom ruled by uh, a king called Aedes. And his uh, city kingdom is called Caucasus. And so in order to sail all the way there, Jason has a special ship built called the Argos. And then he selects a, you know, a, a great group of heroes to be his sailors. And, and sailors in, in Greek were called knots. That's why it's called the Argonauts. And uh, our astronauts are called astronauts. Exactly. You know, That's where our words can... And remember, the no, Soviets the, called them cosmonauts. Uh-huh. De derived from uh, the, the Greek myth here, which I think is fascinating. It really you know? is. It really is. And just yeah. also to place it in time and space for people, uh, where he's going to re retrieve the Golden Fleece 
is in what is modern day Georgia on the Black Sea. So for yeah. them back then, that's the end of the world, you know, the end yeah. of the earth. Yeah. You know, so going from Greece to the Black Sea that far out, boy, it's and you and it's interesting in the movie, you do get that sense of what it feels like to be an ancient man and you are out on these wide oceans and broad seas, you know, it just would have seemed like it was going on forever. So it really Yeah, is. which were intrinsically dangerous, but of course the Greeks uh when they told their myths and asked them was these monsters and giants. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. Let's go through the stories. So, um, so first, let's talk about faithfulness to the myth, uh, because you were pointing out, uh, which I think is just really a slight difference between the two. But I, so I think it was overall, it seemed pretty faithful to the story. What did you? What, yeah. what did you think? Yeah. No, I, I agree. And um, anyhow. Um, you know, Peleus thinks that Jason's going to die on this quest, and so mm-hmm. that's why he sends him on it. Um, but Jason, being a hero, you know, he he agrees to do it. Okay, mm-hmm. and they, um, you know, they have all these great scenes of, uh, you know, the monsters and giants. Like one of them is Talos, this gigantic yeah. bronze uh, man. Let's let, let's let's start talking about them. All right, so let's so we we start with the scene. Jason, uh, it's it starts with uh, Jason selects his army, uh, his army, I should say, his sailors, is really his his group of sailors. Yeah, um, which includes and, uh, Hercules, by the way. That was the one clunker in the movie. The only thing in the movie I thought was off was the guy they had playing Hercules. Yeah, just kind of looked like a. Uh-huh. Yeah. He didn't register as Hercules to me. He wasn't big enough or muscular enough. Yeah, exactly. He didn't. I mean, it's the film was made in 1963, so there was plenty of bodybuilders. I mean, Schwarzenegger was doing bodybuilding in 67, 68, so it's not like bodybuilding yeah. wasn't a thing. But they got this guy who just kind of looked like a middle-aged, bulky guy. You know, yeah. it was like a really weird choice. It was the one casting, because I thought a lot, all the other casting I yeah, thought was Yeah, I agree. Really good. All, all really the rest good. of the cast were, were very good. Yeah, really good. Really good, yeah, except for that one. Yeah, you know, he was called Nigel Green. Mm-hmm. And, um, but Todd Armstrong played Jason, and he was really great, I thought. Yeah, I agree. I think he really was. Um, but so, so he assembles his group. They have a sort of Olympic Games uh, for the best of the best to see who will uh, yeah. join him on the journey uh and the first uh you know the first uh, part of the journey the first stop the first major scene is as you say is with talos interesting about that character about talos I, you know as i looked up the character i mean it's really amazing when you think about it it's an ancient robot essentially right it's an automaton yeah. Uh, yeah. how advanced think about how advanced that the minds of the ancient greeks were to have yeah. this ancient robot, essentially, you yeah, know, yeah. we're we're wrestling with the whole issue of robotics right now. I was I've been watching a lot of stuff has come up this weekend on AI and robotics, and here the ancient Greeks had touched upon it four thousand years ago. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's just amazing. and expressed it as a danger, which I think is interesting. Yes, yes, and that scene—that's yeah. another thing about the movie. I actually think the special effects hold up. I no, think they, do. They, they look really cool still. They look really good. You know, the, the Talos scene where he's like this, it, it, it's because he's using that, uh, it's, it's the Ray Harryhausen stuff, right? Let's yeah, talk about that stop motion animation. It was called. 
Let's say a little bit about Ray Harryhausen because he's a, a really important uh, person in this film and in filmmaking. Um, he was a, a sort of special effects animator. Stop yep. motion was a lot of the stuff he used, and that's a lot of what you see in this movie. They use stop motion. They use uh, you know, double he, exposure photography. Yeah, you know. really, it, it, everything to give you the sense of there are giants and someone's within the sequence. And I think it actually, for me, is more um, more powerful than some of the CGI stuff they use today. I, I agree, and I'll get to that too. Um, you know, and, and what what this is for the uh, listener, if they're unaware of stop motion animation. It's where you have models and you move them a tiny bit and photograph it, move them another tiny bit and photograph it. And then when you put them all together, it seems like a, you know, a flow. Yeah. They, people would be a little familiar with them because a lot of the, um, a lot of the 3d animators now use the style of stop motion, the kind of claymation stop motion look in some of the films. So people would be familiar with it for that. And also from the films like this, which I think are still classic, even, kids coming up will know about this kind of movie uh so so tell us sorry good or who would enjoy it you know oh they absolutely would enjoy it so tell us is a big uh it's a it's a metal robot of sorts it's a a gigantic he's he's like 100 feet high in the movie yeah and uh hercules and his uh who's the character with them uh i can't remember offhand but they go and the one thing that hera tells jason you know the guys are rowing they're sailing they haven't found land they need food they're starving and hungry they're hungry and she says go to this island you can take all you want of eat and drink but don't take anything else you know you're not allowed to do anything but of course hercules can't control himself and he decides to when he sees this little treasure uh beneath the the base of the statue that talos is on so talos just appears to be a gigantic statue we find out that he's an automaton a robot uh hercules decides to steal something and when he does, that's when Talos is unleashed and he comes after him. And it's a great scene, this giant coming after the little men, you know, to destroy them because they took something. Uh, and the stop motion animation looks great uh, for that sequence. Absolutely. So they, uh, they, they get out of that sequence. Hercules is destined to stay. Now, the way the ship that they're on, the Argo, uh, has been built is there is a statue of Hera at the back, right? Yeah, it's, it's like a figurehead at the exactly. back, mm-hmm. which interestingly, that's what the Bronze Age Greeks did with their ships. Their figureheads were not at the front like they were in, uh, say, medieval times, but they were, um, you know, at the back of the ship. Right. And she is able to speak to yeah, she Jason like, the statue. You know, the the uh, sculpture of her comes alive and she speaks, you know, which is a neat idea, I think. Yeah, it's great. And it looks just like the, you know, the beautiful Honor Blackman. So he's, Jason, speaking to the statue. Uh, and one of the things, one of the the, the conceits of the myth of the, in this story is that Hera can only give him a fixed number of answers. Once he's asked his, his, his lot of questions, she can't help him anymore. So yeah. uh, this is when, you know, he, he asks her again, and she reminds him, you're asking me this question. He asks her if they should wait for Hercules, because Hercules goes to look um, for his companion. And then she says, no, his companion is dead. Hercules has another fate. The gods want him to do something else. You should leave. And that's so when Hercules leave. leaves the ship, and he doesn't come back. You know? Yes, and, and they sail off. 
Um, uh, he she, she does give him the idea to, you know, because he's used up all his questions, she tells him to sail to an island and ask a blind seer. Right, uh, and that, that blind seer is Phineas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they, they find Phineas is being tortured by these flying uh, female monsters called the Harpies. Another great scene. It's uh, it's not one of the strongest of the special effects scenes, but it still works well. Yeah. You know, whether these blue winged, they have like bat wings uh, and they have uh, talons on their feet. So it's just really great. And they won't allow Phineas to eat. Every time he tries to eat, they just attack him. So they knock right. his food over and they take it from him. Um, and so Jason comes there and he helps Phineas. And in return, Phineas... Yeah, he, he helps him to drive away the harpies. Yeah. Yes, they actually capture them. Uh, we see them in a cage. Yeah, yeah. He, he creates a, a giant net that he drops down from the roof of a, you know, of a, a ruined temple, you know. And that's where, again, it's similar to Odysseus in that it, that it's this crafty, wily response. In fact, um, Hera says to Jason when they're taking on Talos, because they eventually defeat Talos in the earlier scene, to use his mind rather than his brawn, essentially. And so you see this kind of sensibility among the Greeks of of using your wits, using your intellect. Yeah, uh, in and not, not just your brawn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the same thing happens here with the uh, with the harpies. Uh, he finds a way to capture them. Phineas is, is grateful, gives him directions, and gives him a talisman to wear uh, as they sail off now to go get the Golden Fleece. And that's where we get to the scene that is a lot like, it reminds me so much of the Scylla and Charybdis, this... Um, yeah, the, the clashing rocks, it's called. The clashing rocks, exactly. And so there's a sequence where they use a lot of, in this case, it's uh, double exposure photography yeah. um, as the god helps them sail through because otherwise... Yeah, it's, it's, it's Poseidon. Exactly, yeah. pushes the rocks, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're like cliffs, pushes them aside so they can sail through. And that's, let's talk a little about the gods too because the gods really show up well. They, they're integral to the story. There's the scene in Olympus where... You know, we, we have a sequence always in Olympus where uh, Hera and the gods are watching Jason from above. They're looking in a pool of water and they can see the activities unfold as if the water were a screen. So it's unfolding yeah. on the screen. Uh, and we see all 12 Olympians there. They don't necessarily name them, but I could tell one of them was appeared to be uh, Aphrodite. One appeared to be Artemis, you know. Um, of course, there's Hera there. Zeus is there. I thought Zeus was uh, was well acted. Well played, and it's it. And Hera and Zeus are playing a game like a chess game, uh, which is sort of mirrors Jason's journey. So yes. it's sort of like the gods are real, really just a game for the gods, human life. So we, it, there really is that kind of like undercurrent in the story that the gods play games with us. You know, we hear this over and over. Phineas says it. You know, I, I've I've done uh, I've apology apologized to the gods, and yet they still you know, torment me, you know, why do the gods play games with it? You know, that sort of thing. So that, that goes throughout the sequence. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, so Jason makes it through the clashing rocks and he makes well, and, his... and, you know, Phineas tells him where he has to go. He, uh, he tells him he has to go to Caucasus. That's right. where the golden place is. Mm-hmm. And he does, uh, but he encounters on his way, uh, there's a shipwreck. And they save someone, and it turns out to be who, Gary? Uh, Orpheus. 
or Medea. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Medea. Medea. She's she's the daughter of the king of Colchis. And of course, she's, you know, legendary in our culture. Everybody knows who Medea is. But she has a different feel here because a Medea has a, a, a not a great reputation down through history from the Greeks, right? So she's shown usually negatively, though in this, she's just sort of a great beauty. She's like the princess that uh, he saves, more or less. Yeah. Um, and she's uh, played well. We were talking about her off air. Nancy Kovacs uh, plays Medea. Uh, and uh, beautiful actress and uh, really cast well, I think, as well. Um, and so she leads so, Jason. Yeah, and when Jason off. gets to, uh, you know, the, the, the throne room, <clears throat> you know, the town of Colchis, and confronts the king, uh, she sees Jason and she falls in love with him. Mm-hmm. And the and, king uh, notes that. But again, which is common in Greek, you know, mythology, as we're saying, uh, <clears throat> just like Jason had those contests to determine his crew, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the king of Colchis uh, has Jason perform these tasks before, you know, he can get to the, go- uh, the Golden Fleece. And one of them, he has to uh, tame two fire-breathing bulls. I'm telling the original story. The original story. This is not for the listener. This is not in the yeah. film. And then plow a field and then throw in dragon's teeth as seeds. And those seeds turn into warriors. Now, that is in the film, and that's the fun part. So in the movie, though, he's uh, he's betrayed by the son of the king that Jason is trying to overcome. Now, that son is a part of his crew, but he doesn't realize it that he's the king's son. So earlier, as you, as you mentioned, uh, Jason wanted to re, you know, reclaim his throne, and there's an, uh, a bad king on the throne. That king's son um, hides his identity and becomes part of Jason's crew. So he's a traitor in the midst. Yeah. Uh, and he's the he's, son of Peleus, the right. bad king. Yeah. Um, and he um, he betrays Jason when he's at Colchis. And so Jason and the Argonauts are captured, they're thrown in prison. Uh, and, and it's through Medea that they're freed and are able to go after the fleece. Um, and they have to fight off the Hydra uh, right. to, to get through. That's a great sequence. That, that was a great sequence with the... the yeah, multi-headed uh, uh, headed, uh, I think serpent. it's uh, five-headed Hydra, and, and the heads are at the end of long necks and everything, you know? Yeah, that's a great sequence. And then the Golden Fleece is just up in the tree. That's the other one little slight, you know, clunker there at the, the golden fleece at some point kind of looks like Christmas tinsel to me, but that's okay. It still works, yeah. but it's, but it still works. Yeah. That um, could have been better. And it's hanging from a branch of a sacred oak tree. Yes. Yes. So Jason is, uh, with the help of Medea is able to go get the fleece, but then the King sees that they've escaped, brings his army, confronts them. And then we well, have in the, f- in the original story, the, the tree is protect, protected by a dragon, and in the original story, Medea puts the dragon asleep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in this case, that doesn't happen, but she just yeah. kind of like facilitates uh, Jason getting there. But we do get the dragon seat, and this is the most famous. It's the climactic sequence, and it's the most famous sequence. It's the one we all remember when we've seen this film. Um, so the king takes the dragon's teeth, and he sows them into the soil, and then they grow up 
as skeleton warriors. I mean, it's the it's the one of the most iconic scenes in all of movies and all yep. of cinema. It's just these skeleton warriors who They're are so skeletons. well done, and they pop out of the ground, and then they oh, attack Jason and his men. You know? It's great these these armed skeletons. You know, you can just imagine that these were the the skeletons of dead warriors, and they raise up and they attack Jason and his his crew in this final battle. And they um, they make the uh, skulls look evil, and you know. I mean, oh yeah, it's so good. It's and just the movements, the kind of herky jerky skeleton movements. Yeah, it's just perfect. It's, it's a perfectly perfect, done, yeah, perfect absolutely. sequence. Um, so Jason overcomes them, uh, and, uh, and he cuts he their heads off and stuff like cuts that. their heads yeah. off. Yeah, they you know he sends Medea off to the ship, you know, to be out of harm's way. He. Finally defeats him, loses some of his men, he escapes, gets to the ship, and they embrace and live happily ever after. Or as we see in the movie, that they, uh, the gods say, well, he's, we'll leave him alone for now. He has other adventures, which, of course, we know means that there's more more tales to come. But that's and, the way the, the film is. The ends. king of uh, Iolcus is uh, Aedes. Medea mm-hmm. is his daughter. Right. And... Uh, uh, he loses the fleece. Uh, Jason gets the fleece and gets away with uh, uh, from there with the fleece. So, I, you know, I really love this movie. I think it it really holds up. It's still fun. It's still great to watch. Uh, it's cast well. It's acted well. The dialogue is fine. You know, it's nothing special, but it's certainly yeah. a good film. Well, it's solid. suitable for a. Uh, it's good for a movie at the time, absolutely. Exactly, and it's still solid. You can still watch it. The and but really, Ray Harryhausen. You know, let's give kudos to him because he just that the work still holds up. Yeah, I, I, the the special effects just look great, and they and for filmmakers listening, and obviously Gary, you and I talk about that because I, as as a filmmaker, as a writer, well, you know, we look forward to making some of these stories but anybody listening that likes this sort of thing just take note that this is how it works you keep the gods in the film because the greek gods were an important part of the story we don't need your editorializing on whether the gods were real or not they're real in the story and the way that this was done the kind of effects that was something that really has captured the imagination and it's cast well it's not cast based on someone's you know, whatever their hang-ups are, it's cast on what well, actually Well, like looks we said, right the only movie. poor casting was Hercules. Yeah, um, the only poor casting was Hercules. But by and large, this is something where, you know, the god, again, the goddesses, and I talk about this on another channel on the, uh, that we do make Matriarchy great again. The goddesses are important. They're cast well. They're powerful and beautiful. And there's nothing wrong with showing them in that glory. Hollywood doesn't do that. This film does. Uh, or actually, modern Hollywood doesn't do that. This film does, and I really like it. Gary, on our scale of five shields, we give our five uh, or our, our ratings of uh, one to five, zero to five shields. How many shields would you give this film? Well, for me, it's five. Five. I would go four and a half. I'm going to say four and a half, just because there's a couple of little things that are off. But uh, I, I, I basically agree with you. I think this. I highly recommend this film to people. Well, and. and- in contrast, there was a 2000 uh, Hallmark Entertainment uh, TV um, two-part uh, film on Jason the Argonauts, mm-hmm. and the and the, the actor that portrayed Jason had, you know, he, he paled in in comparison, you know, with Todd Armstrong. He didn't look heroic to me at all, but it it had a good cast: Dennis Harper, 
um, you know, played played the evil Peleus and Franklin Jella played uh, King Aedes. Derek Jacobi played um, Phineas. Mm-hmm. That is and, a great cast. It's an amazing cast. Yeah, and Jolene Blaylock played Medea. She played her well, and she's the one that played T'Pol in the uh, you know Star Trek series Enterprise. And, oh, you know, Vol- interesting. Oh, right, Vulcan. right, right. Yeah, yes, yes. She was she was very good actually. She yeah. was very good in that series. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hollywood just. But the special effects, and especially the scene where the monsters, uh, you know, the warrior army comes out of the ground, they had CGI and it pales in comparison with Ray Harryhausen's version. Yeah, it's, it's, those special effects are amazing and unique and hold up. And it just shows you that that kind of genius can't, you know, people worry about, we talked about the automaton, we worry about robots and AI, but that special human genius, that human spark, it shows through everything, and it transcends all technology. Um, so, again, kudos to Ray Harryhausen. Great film. Uh, thank you, Gary, for uh, joining us and talking about this. Thank you. It's been fun, and I love Greek mythology, as you know. Yes, this has been great fun, and thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been the 34 Circe Salon, the Parallax Channel, the classical world at the movies. Jason and the Argonauts, 1963. This is Sean Marlon Newcomb. Thank you all for listening, and God bless.